welcome back, Wrench Nation. Your favorite car talk. Hanging out with you right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Oh, yeah. Every week, we bring it to you. Your favorite car talk taking you on a journey. A journey with some of the most incredible folks in the automotive industry and you. As every week we tell you, coming in with our lovely co-host. Welcome to the show, Wrench Nation. Susie Sockets, you're hanging. Frankie, how you doing, buddy? This song's got a groove to it right here. It does. It's that kind of song where you you just kind of chill out with a little trumpet. I'm swaying over here. We're swaying with you. Let's turn this one up for the people. Oh, yeah. It's that kind of mood. You know what I'm talking about. It's that kind of mood. And I think your car, your vehicle, your truck, your RV can set you in this kind of mood. And the quickest way to get into this kind of mood is to play your favorite tunes. Oh, Susie, heck yeah. It's all about the music, Frank. Well, we just got to tell the people. First off, we got to get the formalities out of the way. Welcome back, Wrench Nation, you mechanical maniacs. We love you. Every week on KFNX Saturday, 90.7, our Neon Familia, and of course, our podcast on Sunday. So if you're new to the show, we are a car talk show. We give you car tips. We'll get to those here in a minute. But what we really are passionate and enjoy is sharing with you some of the most incredible folks that are out there in the automotive industry, from motorsports, custom design, to street outlaws. We've had a slew of folks, and I just got to tell you, I'm going to get it out of the way. I don't want you to hang on too long and, and say, wait, this is crazy. What are they talking about? Well, I'll tell you, the poverty level in this country, and no, we're not a political show. The economy is flying. We can agree, Susie, the economy, are you buying stuff? Of course. Are you tuning in buying stuff? Of course. Bree, our board operator, get on the mic. Bree, are you buying stuff? Yeah, I'm buying stuff. All right. So (laughs) the feel good of the economy is happening for the most part. Now you can complain about this, that, and the other thing. But we still have a situation across the country. And this figure is kind of flatlined. And that's our low income friends. And at that poverty level, for whatever reason, we're not getting into that this show. But that number of 12% to 13%, no matter the kumbaya that we're having, because I'm buying and you're buying and you're buying, there are folks right now that are not buying. There are folks right now that don't have transportation. That's a reality. Would you agree with me, the bare bones? Now, some of you say, well, you can have a refrigerator, you can have a stove. But if you don't have transportation, people, where does that put you? Public transportation. You're still disconnected. Yeah. Now, we're not knocking our subway and our our trains and all of our hardworking folks who are making that happen. But a little 10, 15, 20-minute, 30-minute commute, well, I'm up at 3 in the morning now. That's the fact and reality for a lot of folks. Well, how does that tie into car talk? Well, I'll tell you how it ties in. 
we are bringing to you, and, and quite frankly, I'm elated. I get excited about this because we always said, you bring car people together, put us in government. We are going to make some positive change. <laughs> we are crazy like that. And we are honored to talk to you today about a program that has been quietly etching out huge difference. How about I tell you 6,200 vehicles to low-income folks and veterans? Wow. 6,200. That's nothing to play with. Now, I know in our garage, we, you know, two or three times a year, we'll find, we hear about, and you know what? Here's a car for you. Just let's do it. Prep it, go, bam. That's a huge difference for folks. Well, on this show, folks, we are diving in to what it takes, the hope and change behind the vehicle donations that are making a difference. For those that want change, without a vehicle, you just, you just, you, it's hard. Yeah. And you gain freedom, right? That's right. So Martin Schwartz is going to join us uh, out of the, uh, from the East Coast, Maryland. Uh, he's got the, he's the president of Vehicles for Change. Uh, He's been empowering families, experiencing financial hardships, and helping them achieve economic and personal independence through car ownership. And I'll have you know, in 2015, and this is where I got excited. Martin, Martin's hanging out with us in the wing, and we're going to bring him in after the news. I get really excited about, you know, that's not enough for Mr. Martin Schwartz. Mr. Martin Schwartz in 2015, guess what out? Are we forgetting about those that may have gotten into trouble, may have gone to prison, you're listening. You may have known somebody that's gone to prison and they've done their time and they are ready to mend and move on for the most part. Not all of them, but there are many that want to get back into society. 2015, Martin Schwartz, he has now created a program, a viable program to cut the recidivism, which is the return rate back to prison which currently I think is at 85%, Susie. That's awesome. It is awesome, and he has cut that down. So we're going to bring Martin Schwartz on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Susie, tell me what's happening in your world with the news situation. Well, Is this a happy story? Yeah, well, you know what? First of all, I want to share with you, Frank, that, you know, I have a life outside of radio and running the garage. No, you don't. I do, believe it or not. Do you really? Yeah, so guess guess what I did Sunday? What'd you do? Tell us. I actually officiated a wedding for a couple in their 70s. I got to clap. But we clap. Bam. Isn't that cool that you can find love in your 70s? It is. So you you actually, so tell me, how do you officiate? Like, what's that all about? Officiating a wedding is basically, you know, you taking read the, the, read take the, the two people, yeah, and you yeah. you do the vows, and you, uh, you know, you basically make them kiss after they exchange the rings. You had no car talk at that time. I had no car talk. You were out of the. I autumn. was in wedding mode. You had no advisement going no. on with cars. <laughs> was that your first time? No, my fifth time. Yeah. Yeah. Susie's got a little side hustle. And the funny thing was that very same day I got a text message to officiate another wedding come June 7th. She's got a little I'm business. In demand. Well, I'll tell you what, since we're on the radio and I think we're probably going to touch inside of 150,000 of you this week, if you need to have your wedding. Now, listen, Susie's simple. She's not flying to New York City, uh, she's not doing the big weddings. Maybe? Arizona. Arizona. Just Arizona. But you will if somebody wants yeah, to fly in. Would you do that? So I would do that. Repeat what you said just in case folks had just got onto our crazy show. What will you do? 
So I, Susie Wong, will officiate your wedding if you find true love and want to make it a lifetime journey. Oh, I love it! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. Now, just so you know, that's Susie Wong outside of the automotive. But right now, Susie Sockets is hanging right here on Rich Nation. Right. <laughs> All right, well, dig this. I have an interesting story. Uh, we talked a little economy. And, you know, we had... Uh, we had our guy on, uh, our automotive journalist, uh, Matt Farah with the Smoke and Tire. Now, Matt has gone on. Uh, he still does the reviews. I mean, he's got thousands of car reviews on YouTube. He's actually pretty respected. All right, let's face it. He's got a big following. But speaking of economy, he got into what he has seen, and many have seen, this pop in the luxury market. People are buying luxury cars. Really? Now, that's a minority out mm-hmm. there. But if you live in a place like Newport Beach or areas of New York City and you have a home, a very expensive home, you may only have two parking spots and you may have a fleet of five, six luxury cars. Well, Maserati is uh, paying attention to that. And Maserati has said, well, you know, we make good cars. We make fancy cars. We make fast cars. We make exotic cars. But how about this? We can make you a car to match anything in your life. Give me an example of that. Uh, your bathroom tile. No way. <laughs> so if you are that person that really just loves the color of your bathroom tile. Oh, my. Bam. Maserati. Dang. Maserati has made a program where you can order that sucker any way you like. So if you've got that piece of carpet. That's been in the family, and it is the, in my eyes, it may look like a green, nasty yellow, but you love the green, nasty yellow, you can get that color in your Maserati. That is crazy. Yeah. So what's shaking in your world that with some news? That is crazy. Well, I will share a little news. So we know Jeep builds a great SUV. You, well, Right? Jeep? Oh, I, yeah. Do you think a Jeep sedan might actually be a seller? Jeep sedan? Mm-hmm. I thought we were getting out of the car business. Well, here's the thing. So what if you put a Jeep face on a Chrysler 300? Oh, I'm not liking that. You're not liking that? Well, good thing, because Jeep Middle East posted it, and good thing it was an April Fool's Day joke. But well, yeah, because I'm saying that's like an alien, like somebody just got impregnated by some alien or something. <laughs> <Frank>. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't take a Jeep and start messing around with a Chrysler 300. No, you can't. But for real, Frank, a Land Rover is actually coming up with a sedan. And it's going to actually be called the Road Rover in 2020, and it's actually going to be a sedan i'm not buying that either i kid you not frank and it's not an april fool's joke why are people manufacturers i know you all listen to the wrench nation show do what you do well and continue on stop trying to get i don't see a land rover happening with a sedan well that's thinking outside of the box but yeah come 2020 they they maybe there's a market we maybe north africa south africa folks want a land rover sedan you never know you never know. I mean, I, I think we've seen examples across the board where, you know, cars have taken on, you know, sort of these different roles. Right, right. I mean. I that, don't know. I'm curious. Would you buy a sedan like that? I don't think I would. No. But I would be curious. What? But Bree says she no, wouldn't. I would not. Yeah, I don't Give think I would. Give me a truck would. any day. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, Land Rover can do whatever they want. I mean, they, they can with their engineering. Yeah, but I think Land Rovers are known for their SUVs. I think so. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of an example. It's like Lincoln. Lincoln had the, was it the Lincoln pickup truck, I think. It was basically an F, uh, F-150. Right. 
And all it was was, okay, let's get all this extra trimming, charge another 25 k <laughs> And I'm not knocking it. Some of you driving the Lincoln pickup truck. <laughs> but uh, you guys stay tuned. This is a really good, feel-good story. And if you know of anybody, uh, this story may help. And I want you guys to chew in. Vehicles. For change, Martin Schwartz joins us next. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to PartsAuthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. PartsAuthority.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. I invite you to get on to WrenchNation.tv. Catch some of the old shows if you guys are kind of bumping in and out. Life happens. You get busy. WrenchNation.tv and, of course, Facebook. Uh, any, Any questions about your car, we're always available there. You know, we talked about poverty and we talked about you know, the economy kind of, you know, doing well for most, but that, that poverty level has not, that's not dropping as the economy increases. And to help us set it straight and introduce an amazing program that has set 6,200 people in vehicles, we are honored to have Martin Schwartz, uh, Vehicles for Change. Martin, are you hanging? I sure am. Welcome to the show, man. How hey, are Martin. you? I'm doing great, thanks. Man, you were doing some amazing things. Tell us, um, well, first things first, was I off on the percentages of sort of the poverty and income levels? That really hasn't changed, has it, over the years? It really hasn't changed, unfortunately. What what has changed is the distance between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And so... um, you know, the economy is doing great for a lot of folks, but um, for folks that, uh, you know, that live in poverty, uh, they're still living in poverty. The numbers are actually going up a little bit for the number of kids that live in poverty in this country. And amazingly enough, well, actually, it's not all that amazing with a little common sense, but those who don't have access to a car, the unemployment rates for those individuals is through the roof. I mean, that's what we said in the opening. I mean, it's a major factor. Uh, with all due respect to, to mass transportation, uh, in some cities or suburbs or towns, it's 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 horrible. Let's just face it. Um, oh, absolutely. It's really tough. So um, let's reset a little bit. Tell the folks what you do. Uh, give us a website, and we can dive into more about what inspired you for the movement. Absolutely. So our website is vehiclesforchange.org. Uh, we take donated cars. And then we take the better cars, uh, not all our cars go into families, but we repair the better cars, and we identify a family who needs a car to get to and from employment to escape poverty. Most of our recipients are single moms with two to three children uh, because, you know, it's tough enough to navigate life without a car. It is impossible to navigate life without a car if you're a single mom. And so most of our recipients are single moms, and the real unique thing about our program um, is that in the process of getting these cars refurbished, uh, we train individuals coming out of prison to be auto mechanics. That got me excited. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we talked to another cat out of Atlanta who has the Atlanta training program, and uh, he has launched a movement as well where he's actually uh, setting skills uh, for folks coming out of prison, giving them a skill set, whether it's in automotive 
uh, as a as an automotive technician. And I heard you were doing that. We're going to get to that. I want to get back. Um, if I can share a story with you, you know, Susie and I do some charitable in the garage quite often, actually. And I got wind of um, my hairdresser, right, locally. Uh, she would tell me every time I would go in there, Martin, she would say, yeah, you know, I take a bus two hours each way. And at first, you know, you think, okay, why doesn't she work in her neighborhood for what she does? But, you know, I don't want to go there. Long story short, we decided to surprise her. We gave yeah, her a Lexus. My point is this. You had mentioned something, the dynamic positive change. This woman was in tears. Yeah. Oh, she. Yeah. What got me, Martin, was I got the whole I can get to work quicker thing, but she said something she never shared with me before. I can now see my mother in Scottsdale. She could never see her mother as often because it was 27, 30 miles. You're seeing stories like that. Every day. Every day we have families who, I'll tell you, one of my favorite stories was we got a car for a family a couple years ago. Well, it's actually probably about five, six years ago. And it was a single mom. She was walking to work because she didn't have access to public transportation about two and a half miles every day back and forth. And her son, at the time, came with her to get the car. He was 6'2 and 215 pounds. Big, big young man, right? And so I walked up to him and I said, hey, why are you so excited that mom's getting a car? I know you're not old enough to drive. And he was in the eighth grade. This was summertime. He was going to be a freshman in high school. He says, I get to play high school football. Oh, I mean, it's the little things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, you know, as families, doesn't have a car. Yeah, he doesn't play. Right, Martin. What motivated you, man? What What inspired you? I mean, there's many things in life you could do. Um, I understand that you were NCAA coach, basketball coach at one point. Yeah, I was a. I, I ran the NCAA lacrosse tournament uh, or basketball and lacrosse tournaments uh, here in Baltimore years ago. I was a, a college baseball coach uh, for six years. Uh, and I was actually the associate athletic director at UMBC, you know, the team that beat Virginia last year uh, in the NCAA tournament. Represent um, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That's so, it. So, what? Tri- and, uh, I mean, what triggered you? Like, what did you? What was your light bulb moment, man? That you you said, "Hey, I, I can make a difference here." You know, I've always worked with kids. I've always coached, um, been involved with high school kids and and younger kids and college kids. And um, sometimes you you just never know where, you know, the master's going to take you. And and so I tell people, I I had no idea I was going to be in the car program. I don't know a thing about cars. You guys probably know more in your little finger than I know about cars. I left UMBC in 1996, uh, started my own business, which was an athletic recruiting service. And uh, it was all Internet-based, and it was a little bit before its time. After two years, it started petering out, and I figured I better find something else that I can do. I didn't want to go back in athletics. I had small kids, and I ran into some people that literally, uh, that a company called Precision Certipro, which was an auto parts distributor, and they were trying to figure out how to create this nonprofit within their business, uh, and the idea was they were trying to figure out you know, how do we get maybe cars to low-income families? How would we design this? And literally, it was pure dumb luck. I run into these guys. We start having a conversation. After a week, they call me in to talk to their board. And two days later, they said, why don't you just come build this program for us? And it was like, you know what? 
I really love the idea. It's it's incredibly valuable. And coming from coming from my background of being a coach, you know, the first thing I of course thought of is these kids don't get to play ball. Yeah, no, you that's know, actually sad. Yeah, get to play sports. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll tell you, quite frankly, as a parent, I, I feel guilty, and we're just blessed to, to do the little we can through our garage. Kid needs soldier pads. Call me. Boom. Right. Whatever you know on that level. And I think I think um, I'd like to switch gears because a lot of our folks listening are trying to do the same thing. I want to go back to the early days of nonprofit. Uh, and, and by the way, if you're just catching us, uh, we've got Martin Schwartz, president of Vehicles for Change, making huge strides. Uh, 99% of their car donations are coming from the public. Uh, you can get on to vehiclesforchange.com. Uh, uh, dot .org. Sorry, that's a yeah. nonprofit, so it's a .org. And, of course, we'll have that posted on Facebook. If you currently now have a vehicle that you feel that could be awarded to this charitable we want you to get on over there. We just want you to help out with that movement. But switching back here, many are listening, and they want to start a nonprofit. What kind of challenges did you have? It seems like there's all these government programs and money, but there's the disconnect of actually coupling that, getting it connected so it goes out to the end user, in this case, folks that need cars. Yeah, so, you know, the, the car program is really challenging because um, – there's not a lot of folks out there that will fund transportation, especially when you tell them that we're trying to get somebody a car. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, we don't buy cars for families. It's like, well, wait a minute. I, I've even had people that will, they had funding, and I went to them and I said, look, we need money to, to provide cars. They said, we don't provide cars, we provide money for training. And I said, well, great, I have a training program. You can fund my training program, but guess what? At the end of the training program, they're still not going to work because they don't have a way to get there. So you can spend all the training dollars you want, but if you don't have a way to get the person to the end product, it doesn't. You didn't do them any good, but frustrate them. Man, and isn't so, that the truth? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for us, a big part of our funding comes from the cars that are donated that we can't use in the program. So you know, we get we only are able to use about one out of six cars that are donated because we're very very particular. We don't want to provide a car to a family knowing doggone right well that in, you know, five, six, eight months, that car is going to fall apart. Yeah, no, no the car has got to be legitimate. Into, yeah, right? absolutely. So um, so we fund a, a big chunk of our program with those cars. And then we've been lucky that back when we started this program, uh, there was a foundation here in Baltimore, the Able Foundation, that, that their their president got it. He knew that... We needed to do something about getting people to work and that public transportation wasn't going to be valuable for as many people as needed. Um, and so, you know, they funded our program. And then as we grew, you know, we, we started the program with a $20,000 grant and a $10,000 loan. Um, I would tell all your listeners out there if they want to start a program, there's no way you can start one <laughs> like that. Believe me, I, I would never, ever try it again. We opened our Detroit program uh, four years ago, and we had to raise $250,000 to get the program up and running. Wow, that's the um, that's the, the bones of getting it started. Uh, just to let folks know, what cities are you in? Let's talk about that. So we award cars throughout the state of Maryland and Virginia, and we now do the Detroit metropolitan area. Our, our goal is to grow and, and expand throughout Detroit. 
uh, or I'm sorry, throughout Michigan. Um, we are looking at our goal is to take the program national. Um, we do we do training in Detroit, in Baltimore City, and in Baltimore County right now. So we have three training locations, and um, like I said, we cover most of Virginia and Maryland with car awards and that Detroit metropolitan area. All right. So before we get to break, tell folks, how do you qualify for a vehicle? Yeah, so you have to have a a couple things. Number one, our cars are meant to get people to work. So we get a lot of calls from people who, unfortunately, you know, they're on disability or they're retired and they're on fixed income. and, And we set this program up specifically to get people to and from employment, number one. So that is the number one qualification. But in order for us to make sure that the people who get cars from us are qualified individuals and they're vetted properly, uh, we work with partner agencies to get a car. So you have to go through uh, a domestic violence program, a rehabilitation program, a job training program that we partner with uh, in order to qualify to get a car from us. But you have to be employed, full-time employment, or have a job offer for full-time employment and then there's a couple other things you know you can't have another car in the household right um you have to have children some of those kinds of things great we got martin schwartz president of vehicles for change vehiclesforchange.org hang tight martin we're going to talk about how you're rehabilitating prisoners that are coming out of jail bolt-on technologies automotive software solutions auto repair shops that have bolt-on technology software Provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Uh, Frank and Susie hanging out with you, East Valley Institute of Technology. If you're catching the show on Saturday, thank you very much. Every week you guys hang out with us. We are honored to have Martin Schwartz making huge strides, making a difference in multiple cities uh, across the country and growing. Growing by what way? By helping low-income individuals get into a car, especially those single moms. Martin Schwartz of Hope and Change, uh, or Hope and Change, creating that change from uh, Vehicles for Change. Sorry for fumbling that. Vehicleforchange.org. Martin, welcome back. Thank you. I, that was a mouthful. Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, many, many of you listening right now can relate. You know, um, you know, maybe you got into trouble in life. Maybe you know of somebody that, I mean, I'm talking real trouble, not just a stint in jail. I'm talking a long stint in prison. Sometimes we do knucklehead things. Does that mean that we should serve our time and not have the opportunity to make that right and continue? Many prisoners come out and they end up back in prison. Now, I can hear you saying right now, many of you saying, well, that's not my problem. Uh, That's their problem. Well, maybe not really. Just the simple act of having a skill. Right now, the shortage of mechanics is real. Martin, you have created something back in 2015 that segues really nicely into what you already have created with Vehicles for Change. Tell us about that wonderful program. Yeah, so, you know, when we started this program back in 99, it was around 2004 or five that I kind of started having the idea that, man, you know, with all we're doing with cars and repairs and, 
And some of the garages that we did business with were saying, well, I can't get to your cars to this week because I don't have any technicians and we can't find any. And we started thinking, what, what a great idea to maybe train technicians and, and get some guys, you know, particularly men. And there's not a lot of programs for men, believe it or not. There's lots of programs for women. Um, and not, not being sexist here, but because women have children, most of your programs for those in poverty are around females. And so we were looking at this and saying, you know, here's a huge need for auto mechanics. And so in 2012, we bought this facility in Halethorpe. It's a 32,000-square-foot facility. And when we bought it, I walked in the building when I was looking through it the first time, and I went, this is it. We finally have the facility where we can put our training program together. And over the years, I started, you know, getting more involved and more in tune with what was going on and realizing that guys coming out of incarceration had little to no opportunities. I mean, you're talking recidivism. I understand it's like 88% or something like that that end up back in prison. Yeah, a study that Stanford just did over a 10-year period of 400,000 inmates released, 83% of them went back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you think about it, it, it's, it makes sense, right? What do we do? We take an individual who's been incarcerated for 15, 20 years, and we send them back to the neighborhood where they did their, their crime with absolutely very little skills, if any, with no money, and they have to go to parole once a week. You know, they have to pay to go to parole. Most places make you pay to go to parole, and they can send you back to prison if you don't pay. Well, how am I going to pay for parole if I don't have a job? Wow. Or, or, or a vehicle. I mean, yeah. I think the connection to vehicle is, I, I know it's not everything, but a connection to vehicle by way of having a skill to fix a vehicle and make more than just minimum wage. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, as you guys know, I mean, you're in the field, right? you can make a real good living as an auto mechanic. And so, you know, we got into this, and we go into the prisons. Now, the Maryland prison system is pretty cool because they have a training program while they're incarcerated. Did you have some so, uh, pushback? Let's let's get into how you started again. Just reflecting for those that may want to get on board, they're interested uh, in, in maybe helping you continue this across the country. What kind of pushback? Did, did folks say, hey, you know what, we've tried this before in one way or another, doesn't work. You're going to waste your time. Did you have pushback? We we didn't really get a whole lot of pushback. We got a lot of reservation from the garages. So, you know, they're going, well, you know, these guys have a criminal background. I'm not going to hire anybody who's had any kind of violent crime. I don't want anybody who, and it was, you know, so, you know, when we started getting into the training, we found a few people that said, yeah, I'll hire some. And what happened was the word got out that our guys that were graduating, I mean, then when they leave here, they have a minimum of four ASE certifications. Some oh, of them that's have incredible. all ten. Yeah. So the word got out, and, and like I said, you guys know better than anybody, there's a lot of job openings, and you can't find technicians. So when these garages started to find out that, hey, Joe hired somebody, and he's worked out great, and he's a great technician, and he's not stealing or beating anybody up or hurting a person, as a matter of fact, He's more appreciative and loyal to the company because of the opportunity than anybody else that Joe's ever had. I think I'm going to hire one of those guys. Yeah, that word spreads, man. We're 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 just like a bunch of hairdressers, man. We talking <laughs> and we're we're in the garage and what's 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 Johnny doing? Uh, what's Susan doing up there in Scottsdale? What's she doing in the garage? I love that because it is 
let's face it, it's that peer-to-peer. Yeah. And really, that's how I don't care what industry, you know, if you see not necessarily what your competitor's doing, but, you know, what the rest of the industry is doing, that's incredible. Tell us about, I've read somewhere, um, you, so there's some buzz about the, around the 100K club. Yeah, we have two guys now who graduated three years ago. They were incarcerated for 15 years, and they both make now over $100,000 a year. Now, they're diesel mechanics, but three years. In three years, they've come back here, and they've said to me, Marty, they said, there is no way on this green earth that I ever figured that I would walk out of prison and make $100,000 in a lifetime, let alone be making $100,000 a year in three years. I imagine you probably have a backlog of folks waiting uh, in prison for this. Do you? We do. Um, my director of training gets five, six, seven letters every single day from guys who are currently incarcerated. Because what has happened is not only the word of mouth went to the uh, garages and the dealerships, but the guys who came out and went through our program we're calling back to their friends who were still. Oh yeah, I oh, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I mean hey, that's. You guys got to get into this program. This is the real deal. Yeah, that. So I, you know, it's like any other growth pattern. There's, you know, that's that's good growth pains. But now you you've got to figure out that next level. Folks are listening right now. How can they help you? What do you need right now to maybe employ two more prisoners a week? Let's say. Oh, well, we we always need money. So, so if yeah, that's the money. They can go on to our website at vehiclesforchange.org um, and send us funding, which would be great. Um, we actually are now working with a couple parts companies. So we're working with Advanced Auto um, that uh, they were in here the other day and they're excited about what we're doing and they want to get involved. Uh, the folks from Hunter. Uh, we're here the other day. Their regional vice, pre- their regional uh, uh, director, uh, actually just joined our board. He he was in here one day, called me the next day and said, "You know, I, I couldn't stop telling my wife about your program. How do I get more involved? I want to do more." They've donated some some equipment to us. Um, so you know, when people come in and they meet, m- most importantly, when they meet the individuals who are who are in our shop that are training. And they realize that these guys, you know, once they talk to them, that they're just people who just want an opportunity. You know, we have a saying here that talent is abundant. It's opportunity that's limited. And so our job is to provide that opportunity for those people with the talent. That's true. So how many people do you need in your organization to make this incredible program work? What's it take, Martin? What kind of staff do you have? How, how many do we need and how many do we have? <laughs> yeah, you can always need more. How yeah. many we need? <laughs> They'd be telling you <laughs> we need a whole lot more than we have. And we do. My, my team here is absolutely amazing. You know, we do a lot with smoke and mirrors, as you can say. And um, we have 30 full-time staff between uh, four locations, Richmond, Detroit, Baltimore City, and Baltimore County. Um, and we're awarding... Um, about 30 cars a month to families. We have a retail lot. Uh, so some of the cars that we get donated, we're not awarding BMWs and, you know, Lexus and that type of thing to a low-income family. We'll sell that retail if it's in good shape. That's how we raise money for the You raise money. Yeah, you yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I agree and with you. Yeah. There's a fine line between what you can really 
give uh, nothing for nothing. I mean, I'm not knocking folks that own BMWs and so on, but let's face it. Some of those are mechanical drama. The cooling right. systems are sensitive and, right. and you, you want to get into something that, you know, that uh, is going to be more reliable, less visits uh, in the, in the garage. Um, can we talk about this full circle service center? Uh, Absolutely. Th- that's a retail garage that you've got um, folks that have graduated, you know, the program working. Is that correct? We do. We have some of our guys that stay here and work. Most of them leave. Most of them, uh, you know, they head out and work at, at dealerships or, or at uh, local garages. But we have a couple of our guys. We have five of our graduates out of our 30 employees. Five of them are graduates. Um, one is a service writer. He kind of oversees all our parts ordering and everything. Uh, and then the other guys are all technicians here. And our garage is open to the public. So, um, you know, individuals bring their car in here, and that's a way that we fund the training program. So 100% of everything that we do through our garages, the one in Detroit, the one in Baltimore City, and the one in Baltimore County, 100% of what we do in that garage goes right back into training more individuals. And are the technicians in these garages, are they previously incarcerated? Yeah. Incarcerated? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yes. At five, yep. five, yeah. Yeah, they five are. Five graduates, Okay. Um, let me ask you, uh, part of, of the inspiration when you, when you have somebody that comes out of prison, they now have a skill set, they're on their way, they're making a livable wage, they can support and grow a family. Do they get out and speak to others uh, by way of creating inspiration in their community? You know, it's interesting. Uh, that's a great question. A lot of them come back here and speak to our graduates. I mean, we have Every week, three or four of the guys come back and they speak to our graduates. They come back and want to help. They'll work on cars um, to, to give back. One of the things that was pretty cool is, you know, because a lot of the cars they're training on and working on are the cars that go to families. And then they started seeing that this car that they worked on is now going to a single mom who very easily could have been their mom you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago who didn't have a car, who couldn't get money. And these guys get very sentimental about this. Sure, because it hits home. There when they get the yeah. car and they kind of get that feeling of, I, I like giving back. I like doing this. And so a lot of them do stay involved in, and, and do things. But it was an interesting question because one of the things I've been thinking about is – how do we mobilize our guys and say, okay, let's go down and maybe adopt a school in the city and have our guys go in on a regular basis and talk to the kids and say, hey, you know, that, that life in prison is, is no can of corn, and it's not a great place to be. And, and let's uh, – you hear can of corn, that's my baseball talk. Um, <laughs> and, and so, Batter up, you know, Martin. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I love that so, idea. You know, I love that idea because uh, I, I think – why should a youngster who may have, look, maybe there's a bad year for a teenager. Maybe there's a bad year. Is that a bad year? And to stem him going another 18 years, a uh, hell of going to be for real bad. You have to have some of these shock and awe programs and the inspiration. And while you're at it, by the way, we're not just going to leave and it felt good, but we're going to give you some action by way of a skill. I love that. I love that's power. It's not talk. Yeah, and it, and it and it works. I mean, yeah, it you know, does. We, it works. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, in our garage, I'll just put this uh, put this out there. I want to ask. I've got a few more questions, but just know for the record, we here in Phoenix, Arizona, 
Uh, I am actually pretty privileged to sit on the ASA's uh, National Mechanic Ops Committee. Um, I know we're going to talk again, but just know we have a lot of mechanics and garage owners that listen to this show. And whatever we can do from Wrench Nation to make that connection, because this is viable. This isn't, we set up a tent, it blew away, and you're gone. This is a viable program. And, and to that, many of us watch the news, and we think certain cities have problems. Um, where would you go? What are the three, maybe the top three cities, if I gave you that money today, to have you expand, where is this program really needed in this country? Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, you know, it's needed in a lot of places. We're already looking at opening up another program in Flint, Michigan. I mean, of course, all the publicity they've gotten, they've been desolated. Uh, All the major auto uh, uh, manufacturers moved out of Flint years ago, so there's really very little work and, and a ton of unemployment. So, Flint, Michigan is a place that we're, we're really focusing on. We want to put a program outside of Washington, D.C., uh, again, a place where, um, you know, a lot of folks come back from, uh, from incarceration um, and, and have no opportunities. So um, those are two areas. Atlanta is another place that we're looking for. We've actually had some folks from Phoenix call me about bringing a program to Phoenix. Uh, it was a couple years ago. Um, but well, we, we got you, Martin. I, I will tell you right now, live on air here, whatever you need from Phoenix, you're going to reach out. The show is an hour, but we're in this to win it for 24-7. So uh, just know that. We want to okay. we want to help you. Uh, Susie and I can stand on the corner. We'll fundraise. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out, man. We're passionate that way. Uh, one more time before we cut to break, where can folks find you and find these wonderful programs helping out? Yeah, absolutely, at vehiclesforchange.org, um, and it's right there on the website. Uh, remember, it is .org, a nonprofit, uh, and just spell it all out, vehicles, F-O-R, change, uh, and they can come find us uh, if they want to help. If they're in the area, we love to have help, volunteers that want to come down and do some teaching. Uh, love to have volunteer teachers come in and maybe work a day on brakes or work a day on tires or, or suspension or whatever, and... Um, You know, if folks would like to make a a financial contribution, that would be awesome. Vehiclesforchange.org, making huge strides uh, in the community. Honored to have you on. Martin Schwartz, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You're doing great things, Martin. Thank you. Thank you. Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. This is Wrench Nation. My RPMs are like going up and down and my car is like going back and forth. What is what is that? This is the Macarena. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Wrench Nation. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Frank and Susie, love hanging with you guys. And again, if you're catching this on the weekend, Saturday, maybe you just kind of, you know, pop in and out. We are so grateful. And 
I got to tell you, Sunday we have the podcast that's been running for quite some time. A lot of you got on there. You gave us reviews. Look, good, bad, or ugly. We just want whatever comes straight from the bowels of your spirit. Be real. Be raw. Be happy. You just went to bowels of the spirit? Was that... (laughs) Is that a... That wasn't good, was it? Bowels? Bowels. All right. How about the deep intersection of the sanctum of the spirit? My point is this. Give us some reviews, man. You know, we're we're told... uh, Whatever. You guys, let us know how we're doing. Uh, Susie, you you had something. Yeah. We both did, actually. I was with, the, with you in the garage today. Yeah. Tell the folks so what So we had, had a 2011 Equinox come in today, and she actually said that it was, you know, when she drives, it bounces. That and was I, the call over the phone? Yeah. And it's like, okay, we'll bring well, it down. What'd you think when she said it just bounces over the phone? I like, mean, oh, just, we've heard yeah, this we've heard this before, right. right? Bouncy car coming in the garage. So okay. when she dropped it off and the technician, Patrick, was driving it in the parking lot to the to the bay, man, I tell you what, it was like watching a boat on rough water. It was like a low rider going like, up and ooh, down. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And what did she say when she came in? When Was it more than just, I mean, she... Leaky front shocks or struts. Struts so Leaky struts, yeah. And so she had a hundred ninety. 190- Hundred ninety thousand, hundred ninety six thousand miles on this vehicle. Oh goodness! Okay, that's and like now, a that's a mattress spring that's three hundred years is. old right there. That's an old mattress. So I don't know if you know this, Frank, but do you know how many times shocks and struts go up and down at just fifty thousand miles? <sighs> do, 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 do. What is the number of shocks and struts? How many gazillion times does that go up at? What? 88 million times, Frank. When it reaches what mileage? 50,000 miles. 88 million. 88 million times. Is that times. pinky? Put the pinky, people. 88 million. That's a lot of up and down. Yeah. All right. So this is the gig. We we're sharing this story for a reason because some of you are riding around with old shocks and struts. What happens with shocks and struts, you definitely want to, you don't want to get to the point where you've seen it on the freeway where that car is just like <laughs> floating. Like it's, whoa, there's no rebounding. <laughs> Like, you don't want to, your mentality shouldn't be, I'm just going to wait till it breaks. You know, you don't want to. That's dangerous. Because think of this, the shock and strut is what keeps the tire on the road. It is part of what we call the safety triangle, stopping, steering, and stability. So if you're driving and that tire is rolling and it hits one little rut the wrong way, it's coming up and it may not come down in the same spot. It's just all over the place. So rule of thumb, people, 60 to 80,000 miles is a safe bet to get it done. Now, some European vehicles, air ride suspensions, electronic uh, suspensions, last a little longer from my experience. But get them checked out. If they're leaking, it's kaput. It's done, though. It's done. Don't be the floater. And then I have one more. Um, We had a Malibu come in the garage. Um, Lots of Malibus out there. In fact, Consumer Reports... Uh, cough, cough. I, I may beg to differ. Consumer, Malibu was a high-rated vehicle, at, uh, according to Consumer Reports. Um, we had a Malibu come in, and it was a win for the gal that, you know, younger gal. Yeah, young gal. Kind of getting started in life. Mm-hmm. I think out of college, yep. you know, and money's a little tight. Yep. Well, her shifter just decided to not really correlate to the shifty-shifty. <laughs> so, in other words, this thing was a sloppity-slop, and it was all over the place and quite dangerous. Yes. Well, have you know... This is where we get excited. If you own a Chevy Malibu with the same symptom, there currently is a recall for that problem. Apparently, the shift cable gets frayed. That is a major safety issue. Right. So if you're driving a Chevy Malibu, about the 04, 05, you can always call us at the garage. We can give you details. And you're starting to feel a little slop in the shifter. Don't wait till it gets 
like you can move that sucker like silk from park to driving. <laughs> oh goodness, what do I even own a transmission in there? You know, that's a, um, just know about it. There's a recall, and also just know get on a Facebook if you have questions about your car, especially in that recall arena or service bulletins. Right? Do I have an updated part for my particular car to correct a problem? That's a big thing. Reach out to us. We are on the World Wide Internet, people, WrenchNation.tv, <laughs> as well as our lovely, lovely Facebook, Wrench Nation Facebook. It's a happy place. It is a happy place. Every week we enjoy sharing the journey, man. We really work hard to bring you some exciting folks uh, doing some amazing things from motorsports uh, to the good works of the industry, as we say every, every week. We want to know about your shop. If you've got a garage or mechanic... That's doing some pretty cool stuff in their neighborhood. Man, we ain't fancy. We are not fancy. You just got to get a hold of us, and we want to get them on the show. So, love you, maniacs. Uh, Get on to RanchNation.tv, catch the podcast, and as I say every week, be safe. Hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.